Come join Libby and Molly, the ladies of consignment chats, as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode, I can't believe I'm getting ready to say this, 90. We are 10 away from the big 100. Holy moly. And 90 is, of course, one of our favorites, Samantha Speaks. That's why she's here. Oh, she gets a song. Nice. nice. You know, everything goes to a song in my world. I put it all to music. I love you. That's why I love you. It may not (laughs) be in tune. It may not make sense, but it goes to music. It does. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right. So let's let Samantha speak. What's going on, Samantha? She looks pretty. Thank you. Um. What's going on? I am in the middle of a camping trip, but you can't just stop working. So I came back town. We um, we're only about half an hour away. Okay. So we don't have very good cell phone service or anything out there. And in the middle of the night, we were around the fire getting ready to go to bed, and I hear ching, and I'm like, "Well, I guess I have to go to town tomorrow and ship things out." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot. They get that little little dance going. They're like, oh, you sold something. (laughs) We talked um, on our Patreon group about vacations. I don't know if you were on that one about, you know, how to take a reseller vacation and what it looks like. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that it's very different for a business owner and somebody who works in the business. Absolutely. To be able to you know, and I think you're a good example of it. it. It comes with you. Like whether or not you shut things down, there are some, you know, p- people that don't have a business, I think often say to me, oh, well, that's great. You can take vacation whenever you want. You have, you know, you have so much freedom. And the reality of it is that's just not true. Yeah. And when I learned, I was on vacation, I think, when you had that Patreon group. So I wasn't there. Yeah. (laughs) But what I learned on vacation, and I knew it before, but it really hit home the last couple of weeks, is the consistency. I left and I only had a few days worth of listings saved up to publish to eBay. Mm -hmm. And I only, I think I only did like 20 items while I was on vacation. So it was very inconsistent to the way I was listing and posting while I was gone. And I had it on vacation mode and all that stuff. That worked fine. I still got sales. But then the following weeks is the hard part because I wasn't consistent. So then my sales aren't consistent when I get back. Mm-hmm. So for this camping trip, I definitely could have just changed my handling, shipped everything out on Tuesday after the holidays, recording this right before Labor Day. And I, I could have done all that. But I'm trying to stay consistent and do my postings and make sure that I keep up on that. So having those sales just keeps me even more accountable because I have to come to town and do my listings and just spend a few hours. But it is still time that you got to keep at it. Yeah. I mean, when that definitely that's a good point. When you come back yeah, from taking a break, you you won't have that consistency in sales. It's just it's just the way it is, honestly. Yeah, it's the as way it is. And I say, when you go on vacation, you pay for it in one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to pay the price, whether it's you come back and you, like I came back and had a ton of shipping that I had to do like overnight to get out the next day. And it was a lot of work. 
And now it's that getting myself back in the mode, like you're saying, and get listing every day so that I get mm-hmm. that back up because I did not list on vacation. <clears throat> and that takes us back to Libby, the difference you were saying between a business owner and a non-business owner, because yeah. you and I just went on vacation together, mm-hmm. although mine extended longer on the beginning and the <laughs> end for Nick and I, I'm able to do that because I don't own the business. You own the business. Yeah. yeah. And so when I go on vacation, I do try to just shut off. Mm-hmm. But when we were together, you were on your computer working yeah. a lot when I wasn't, because when you're a business owner, you you got to do it. It comes with you. And I had no, you know, disillusion about that because my parents are, you know, business owners and have been for a long time. So I, you know, I was aware of the reality of it, but I think a lot of people just going in aren't aware of the reality where you just can't shut, you just can't shut it down, shut it off. Um, There's still going to be things going on behind the scenes. And you're, as the business owner, you're ultimately responsible for that. And you have to take care of it. It's not as easy as saying, I'm taking a two week vacation. Sure. You know, if something happens in your brick and mortar, I'm thinking of this, like when my alarm went off in the middle of the night, yeah, I had my kids. Yeah, I, it wasn't easy to get down, but I'm ultimately responsible to go meet with the police and take care of it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And if you're on vacation, something like you're responsible for taking care of it. It's you. Yeah. That's it. The nice thing, though, about being online versus brick and mortar, which I did a poll this past week in our community, and we're almost about 50-50 of who has an actual store and who does an online. Yeah, um, and we have a little bit of a mix of people that do both. And I know there's several brick and mortars in the group that they joined our group specifically to start transitioning to online and, mm-hmm. and start that process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's a huge difference. I mean, when I worked my corporate job, I had employees and stuff that I had to and buildings and alarms and things. I could be all the way across the country. And I had to answer the phone at four in the morning because somebody was calling in sick and I had to figure out who was going to come in and cover for them or mm-hmm. things like that. And luckily, when I worked on this vacation, I just got out my laptop and answered some emails. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit easier to handle, but you're still yeah, I mean, you're still on the hook if you want, you know, to maintain your business. But I I'm think yeah. I'm just I'm speaking as a non-business owner. My guess is just from hearing from you two and knowing with working for Libby for 10 years now, um, it's probably a little bit different feeling when you're working on vacation for your own business versus Samantha, when you're getting a 4 a.m. call for a corporate business while you're on vacation, your attitude and the feel of that is probably very different, right? Men. Yeah, yes. <laughs> definitely. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it for me. When I get out my laptop and I I'm doing my ten or twenty listings, or I'm I'm answering those emails and giving that customer service. It's totally different than when another business's customers are calling me with complaints or whatever, and I have to feel that kind of thing while I'm on vacation and. And even now, even if it's a last minute thing, but I was at the beach, it's still pretty flexible to do it in a couple hours when we're not at the beach anymore or things like that. The flexibility and the, I enjoy it. I love what I do. So mm-hmm. do watching a movie in our Airbnb and listing things was 
just part of our vacation. That's what I like to do. I was excited about the things I was listing and excited to get them out there for people to see and buy. And it's just a totally different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. The vibe is very different. Very different. I totally agree. And Samantha Libby, you'll be proud, did some listing while we were in Maine. She did some sourcing and she was like, I'm going to make Samantha proud. I'm going to get these items up and listed. And she did. Meanwhile, I, I, I was laying around. On- <laughs> I was so proud of myself. It felt so good because we before we transitioned to Consign Cloud, I didn't have that ability to do that easily. And now, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can't believe like I listed on vacation. I had so much fun. What I got was, uh, I got some auction finds, but my really exciting find I got in a thrift store and it was just a box of dollhouse furniture like random mid-century plastic wood just all different pizza and pizza shoe box. yeah and I had so much I enjoy that so much I love miniatures and going through it, it was so much fun to list and you've already sold a couple of those yeah yeah about that last week on vacation <laughs> thanks sold. Samantha cheers lady <laughs> you're the best I am super proud of you. And isn't that like a, it's a totally different sense of pride when you, you not only listed on vacation, but then when it sells so quickly, like I sold a couple things uh, that I had listed on vacation before we even were back in Michigan. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I think that's, that's good. Like I always say, if you're getting, thinking about getting into this business, you should probably love it yeah. because there are moments like that, that if you can't, I mean, not that you're going to be enthusiastic, you know, 24 hours a day, or even, you know, you know, you can have a week where you're just feeling, Ugh. but yeah, I think you have to love it. And I think it makes it a lot easier. It's a labor of love. Our businesses. Well, I have to, t- on our vacation, I have decided I really, we talked about this before we went on one of our our last episode, I think. Um, Now that I've gone on vacation and I'm back, I want to let you know that I'm really liking this travel sourcing thing. I had a ball. (laughs) Just, oh my gosh. Along the way. And I mean, it started from day two when we got out of North Carolina and it went to the final day driving in. I just, there's so many different ways to source when you're out and about. And I found, although a lot of people would think of that as work, I loved it. So of course I started eyeballing Mm -hmm. in Katy National Park, all the kind of like smaller size Winnebago's. And I'm like, oh, look, Nick, if we got that Winnebago, (laughs) (laughs) we could source more and take a cross country trip. So you really were working on vacation. I was. Yes. yes. I mean, you said before you weren't really, but. But it's a different. Okay. So I guess, and I look at it the same as you, that, that part is my absolute most favorite part of what we do is the incoming items, whether it's a consigner, because I did get some consigner items while on vacation, picked up a new consigner, got a bag of their stuff, brought it home. I mean, what I tell you, I brought- Heck yeah, we can't go anywhere without getting a bag from somebody. When I tell (laughs) you that I came back from this two-week trip and sourced something from every, or attempted to source from every way you could possibly source, I did it. (laughs) Like I did it. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. 
And you I love it. When we were coming home, I would just pull up like Google Maps as we're on our way and I would just thrift store near me or, yes. and the different things that would pop up. Uh, we went to a, a St. Vincent de Paul, which I love them anyways. They usually have great prices and a good mix of stuff. And uh, there was a bins one. So I didn't get to go to any Goodwill bins, which, cause it takes a lot of time and I just wasn't committing to that. But we went to this small St. Vincent one, I think in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And it, we spent a little bit of time there and it just gave me that taste of it. So I felt like I got it out of my system. Um, super cheap, got a bunch of stuff and yeah, just oh, wow. all the different ways that you can do that. It's mm-hmm. just so fun. I loved, I think it was, um, it was definitely Maggie Weber, Refashioned Hippie. Her and Molly in one of the episodes were talking about like how they prep the day before they go out or they go sourcing. And she was saying how she like preps like Olympic style to go to the bin. Like you got to <laughs> hydrate, you got to hydrate the day before. <laughs> you got, your hair has to be up. It can't be down. Like I have all these things that I have to do because for some reason, Hand sanitizer, yes. I mean, you have to have all that wipes and the squishy kind. Got Sometimes you need that wipe, and sometimes yep. you just do a dab and rub it in. But there are times I leave and I got to wipe. I need to get in there and wipe. So I, I have both in the car. Although my wipes dried out while we were on vacation, I got to get new ones. They, I pulled them out of the console, and I was like, oh, they got dry in here. But yeah, there's a whole prep. I think that there's a whole. Because it is a full body workout when you source properly. And I don't care if I am zipping up and down aisles or I am standing looking through some without a doubt, the back of my neck gets sweaty. I don't know why. And that's why I always have to put my hair up. I think it's (laughs) just the excitement and the adrenaline. I don't know. But like, by the time I leave, I've got like frizzy hair coming out everywhere. My face is red. I'm a mess. I, I look like I have been through the ringer and I love every minute of it. Um, Every minute when I'm in North Carolina. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, pretty much. much. You know, you can rehydrate those whites, just add a drop of vodka or alcohol. All right, I need or to rubbing do alcohol. Like, yeah, you can rehydrate. We, re- we rehydrate for everything. You just add vodka. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That's how I re- That's how I rehydrate after sourcing. I rehydrate myself. I add vodka. There we yeah. go. <laughs> I use vodka. I use vodka for everything. I use it for my wrinkle releaser. Um, like spray new items. So it's like a, it's a, you know, just the cheapest vodka you can buy and water and a couple of drops of lavender essential oil is a great wrinkle re- releaser. It's great to spray in shoes. Um, I just love it. I use it for cleaning all over my house. I'm obsessed. Not my blueberry vodka I bought from Maine. No, 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 no. Like the cheapest, cheapest vodka you can find. The all cheapest right. Okay. One I, part I mean, water, one, one part. You don't want to drink the hangover's too bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't drink that stuff. No way. No way. I have a lot of uses for vodka, but drinking it ain't one of them. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a reel after this now, isn't there? A little yeah, preview. Yeah, de- yeah definitely. Boozy consignment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already, I'm already in my head. Like, yeah, all right. 
This is happening, Patreon, folks. Our Patreon group might need a whole nother leg to it with all this booziness. <laughs> Reseller cleanup. <laughs> so oh. we we talked about the, the thrifting and, and how we like to travel and source and do all those things. But I had a conversation with someone yesterday. I was at my friend's house. We're hanging out in the backyard. And this guy next door brings out like 20 pairs of shoes onto his back porch. And I'm like, he's a seller. So he's cleaning and he's, you know, just out there having a drink, enjoying the sunshine, cleaning all these shoes. I don't know how to start a conversation. I'm not going to be like, dude, do you sell it today? So I'm like, how do you clean your shoes? And then we have the conversation. Smart. Okay, good. We, I don't know if that was the best way to start though, because then I sounded a little bit dumb. Like I know how to clean shoes. So then it's better than trying to help me out and. It was cute, but you um, Dale Carnegie'd him. That's yeah. what I say. You Dale <laughs> Carnegie'd him. You got this. Because I probably so would have come at he, it like, "Ooh, you must have some really stinky feet. What's going on over there?" <laughs> you know, you could use vodka for that. You know. <laughs> Seriously. Oh All right. <laughs> so we ended up having like an hour-long conversation about our eBay stores and numbers and sourcing and all that stuff. Um, oh, wow. he was trying to talk me out of doing consignment. He was trying mm. to convince me. And I mean, this guy lives like two blocks away from my house. He's, oh, wow. He's in the same town, the same geographic area. And he's trying to tell me that I need to get all the money and not 50%. And mm. I, I was trying to, it, the conversation made me love consignment even more because I don't need to put in the money. I, I don't have to go out and spend my money. I just have to make sure that I build good consigners. Mm-hmm. And his his view of consignment was that people that had come up to him and said, I have these old baseball cards and I want at least X amount of money out of them mm. and this, this, and this. And I said, no, 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 no. In the beginning, you have those conversations. You have those people. You're trying to build it up. That, that happens. But now I have people that fill my porch up with stuff and say oh hey by the way I dropped off a bag of things Mm -hmm. and I go through it and I donate what I want to donate I set the prices I do all the stuff they trust me to just get the most amount of money out of the things that they bring me and I'm not wasting my time with little teeny tiny things because I feel obligated to them because I know it's not going to bring them the most money I'm going to spend the time on the nicer things and then I tell them that I give them feedback so they know what to bring me next time. And I, I've essentially groomed these people to know what we need to make this relationship work. And I think his perspective on it was just totally different. I was wasting my time with these little piddly things. And I don't, I don't know if I convinced him at the end. He did say he was going to reach out to a couple people that had talked to him before. But I definitely convinced myself that I love <laughs> doing what I do. So, yeah, I it mean, was... it's so like we're providing income opportunities for people in our community. Like, you don't, I mean, you do that a little bit when you, you know, thrift, but I mean, we're giving that money back into our communities and we have an existing pool of customers that are our consigners. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that ass. I do both. I do I do a little bit of everything, but I just love you have that existing community. You have your mm-hmm. consigners. You have your repeat buyers. You have your shoppers. 
just feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I find it interesting that he was so on the opposite of what we built Sea Chats for. Not that he was trying to be a part of us, because that clearly wasn't what this was about. But we're used to having people come in that are resellers that want to learn more about consignment, whereas he was our complete opposite of mm. what we have. So it's interesting to hear what you're saying his take on it was. And I get it. There are people who don't want to deal with people. They just want to get what they get, sell it, and just deal with the people who buy. But they don't want to, you know, and it, it's it's not for everybody. But it's interesting yeah. to hear him, that you had that conversation with him, to me, because I've never had that conversation with somebody. Have you, Libby, where it comes yes. to that side? You have? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, one of our original episodes was the top five challenges of consignment. I think we might need to revisit that and kind of do it. But that is one of the things that people really, they they want all the money. They don't want to um, deal with the consigners. Consigners are number one. Mm-hmm. The number one challenge is just dealing with people. And yeah, I mean, if you don't, you don't want to or you don't know how to effectively we have tips and tricks for that that certainly I always like to say we, we the best thing you can do is flag or fire a consigner right. <laughs> I'm say red flag red flag because <laughs> that's really important to get up to that point where you can have those mm. honest conversations and do that with them and uh, it took me a while with some of them I was trying to be nice of course, you start with family and friends, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to find that spot where you can be like, oh, this isn't that great. I mean, can't do anything with it. But now I'm to the point where I am just, I'm up front. I have tons of consigners or people that want to consign. So I'm confident being pickier. And, and I, I really should be even more pickier. I'm, I should be pickier about what brands of clothes I take or, mm-hmm. or things like that. But I've, I've come a long way mm-hmm. and yeah I just think his his take on it was you had to do whatever they dictated to you and no. he, didn't, he didn't have any choice over any of it Mm-mm. yeah totally I mean, not the, the-, the funnier thing was so we're in the same area same town and we only have three thrift stores within 60 70 80 mile radius it's you have to drive hours to get to something else so we have a Goodwill and then two smaller thrift stores. And our Goodwill, probably because of him as well, he's only been doing this for about six months. He does a lot of shoes. I would go in there. Crocs were like $1.99. Anything that's rubber sells, no matter how they look or if they're, oh, some I've sold some goofy looking Crocs. So I would go in there $1.99. Great. That's 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever. And I would immediately grab them. And I was going into Goodwill once, twice a week and going through shoes. I mean, go, I go through the whole store, but that was something that I noticed within weeks went up in price. Now, if I walk into our same Goodwill oh. and there is a pair of Croc whatever in there, they're twelve ninety nine. Oh, yeah. It, they went up to like five and I was still buying them. And they went to like seven ninety nine, And now they are like almost all the shoes are twelve ninety nine. Our most expensive mm-hmm. shoes six months ago were four ninety nine. Mm. So we, they're watching us, 
and they're they're seeing what we're getting, which is we he and I had this conversation. I said they see that we go in there, we get a bunch of shoes, and then they they kept marking the prices up. We kept buying. I said, but I haven't been in there in oh, a couple months. And he goes, Oh yeah, I don't go in there anymore either. And I said, so hopefully those prices will go down, but you just lost a place to source. Mm-hmm. I have laid things out of closet every three months and yeah. makes me a ridiculous amount of shoes. <laughs> and I don't need to source those. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to have that like kind of, and I, I want to say like it's a little bit recession proof, right? Because you don't have to, I hear, and I think a lot of this is like a lot of the, it's mostly men on YouTube, the, you know, the hustlers that, you know, they jump in, they hit it hard. They're saying they're making millions that are a little bit putting that mindset in people's minds, like take out credit for your, take out a line of credit. Like your business should have a line of credit. Don't, you know, be afraid to use it when you have, I mean, and I'm total opposite of that is I think that whatever you're doing, you should be able to support it with the profit from your business. That's one of the beautiful things about reselling. Like don't go out and buy that Rolo, make sure you earned that and spend that money on it. Like, Upgrade as you can, as you can go. Don't take out lines of credit and consignment. You you don't have to. Right. So I just had to throw that in there because I just keep hearing it over and over and over again. And I just, I hate to see people put themselves into debt or, you know, just subscribe to that mindset wholly and not see another option. And do you know how good it feels when you bust your butt in your sales and all of a sudden you get to that point that you can order that Rolo printer and that baby shows up in the mail and that not only upgrades your life, but you feel, because I did this, what, like a year ago, I think when I got my Rolo, I felt so good because I knew I bought that out of earned money from what I was doing. I did not come out of my family money. It did not go on credit. I earned that from my work. And so my baby that sits right next to me here on my desk, (laughs) I'm just, you know, there's just this feeling of pride. Like I busted my butt and sold and earned that. Now I'm going to earn my wireless. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The wireless Rolo is next. But, you know, I, I think that there's also, not only is it, ridiculously smart to do it that way but you do feel really good about yourself when you do it Mm, that's a good point and I do the same thing with my sourcing I don't go garage selling or go to the thrift stores do that stuff unless I've made the money to do that Mm. I'm not taking that out of family funds or Mm. a credit card or whatever and like this weekend we're going camping and we're going out to a rural farm area that have barn sales and things like that, the stuff that I love. And my husband said, well, make sure you take out some cash. And I said, no, I'm having a slow couple weeks. I'm not dipping in to that account because I might need that for something else. And I'm just going to, I'm going to leave that alone right now. So you, you got to make sure. Yeah. I'm not just, oh no, I got a credit card for that. We'll make up for it later. It's fine. right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, having that like building, building up like consignment is a great way to start because there's no initial investment. You can play around with items. You can, you know, make some mistakes and the um, the consequences aren't as much as if you're, you know, putting, you know, a thousand dollars, whatever the number is on your on your card. But as you're building that consignment, you're earning that money. You can use that money as Molly does to 
go and make a purchase and use that as your line of credit. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it's cash. That's what I do. And I love <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, that's my cash. But when I, my pay time comes, I put X amount into the family, X amount into what we call Molly's mission. That's my fun money. That's money. I also have an envelope I keep for garage sale money and I keep the same amount in there and I'll go out and garage sale. And then when I earn, I put it back in. And so that just stays there. So if some Saturday I wake up and go, Ooh, there's a garage sale down the street. I run in, grab that envelope and head out because that is just for garage sale. But, you know, I, I do these different things. X amount goes to my son. X amount, you know, I give him a little bit. I give the house a little bit. And then the rest is my mission money or sourcing money. And my mission money can be buying a new handbag. It can be getting a pedicure because it's my, that's my fun money. Buying a Rolo, whatever I want to do with that. So it's, it's fun. Okay. When you do it right, it takes so much stress out of it. Truth truth. All right. So I, I got to put this in here, guys, if you're liking this, if you're watching this video, hit like subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we keep our content free. So um, that is something you can do to give back and keep the community rolling is um, like subscribe, give us a review on Apple podcasts. And Just I don't know, do, do we it. have time? Can I read? Can I read two reviews to wrap us up? Yeah, or, yes. Samantha, do you have a, a pressing issue that you'd like to talk about before we conclude? Do we talk about our community and what they review us with? All right. Okay. So first one, Robin, I have learned a lot from the podcast. Thanks. Educational and fun. Next. Awesome mission. Libby and Molly are a delight to listen to. Not only do they have a ton of experience in resale and consignment, they have a great mission of helping store owners work together to share tips and tricks. They're also super creative with coming up with unique ideas. Sorry, I have to, it was long. <laughs> unique ideas for marketing a consignment store. Exclamation point. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Thank you so much, guys, for those reviews. It means a lot. It keeps us going. It keeps us energized. And it keeps us providing free content. Yes, yes, yes. So how do we find all that information that we need to find where we're located and where you can join us in our Facebook group and all that? Oh, yeah. Consignmentchats.com. Go there. Check it out. You can see all of our favorite items, including the Rollo Fringer. You can yes. find out about about our book club you can get a link to um some special deals we have going on you can get our list perfectly referral code for 30 percent off there's a lot going on but you can get everywhere from consignmentchats.com and bookmark that baby bookmark it i have list perfectly <laughs> you better get it because we just did an episode recently and everybody mentioned list perfectly because that was so I, funny wasn't right? it it is a business game changer so. <laughs> yep all right, Samantha, you got to get back out to that camping site, my friend. Did you do your shipping yet? I did, yes. I oh, okay, so you're done. You're going right back. My husband says, who goes camping and sets an alarm? I'm like, I got goals, girl. Okay. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. I love it. All <laughs> right, my friend, until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining Libby and Molly, the ladies of Consignment Chats as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. 
Find all the ways to connect with us at consignmentchats.com. Episodes are available on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. In addition, you can find us on Facebook in our Consignment Chats community. Until next time.